you have something to say, I'd like to hear it. I want a divorce. Are you asking me for a divorce? Divorce? I will divorce you so fast, it'll make your head spin. I want a divorce. 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 This is Dallas Divorce Talk with Don Butner and Carla Calabrese. Don and Carla guide you deep inside the world of divorce through all the ins and outs, ups and downs, and any unexpected turns. Now, your hosts to have and to hear, Don Budner and Carla Calabrese. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Don Budner here with Carla Calabrese, my partner in Dallas Divorce Talk. And we are with the law firm Calabrese Budner in Dallas, a family law firm. And our show is produced by the fabulous Kevin Everling, K-E-P-X. Oh, thank you for the mention. <laughs> of course, Kevin, we couldn't do it without you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't do it without you. So here we are in approaching mid-April of the year 2018, and we thought it would be appropriate to do a show that touches on some uh, very exciting changes, uh, depending on your perspective. Yeah, exciting is an interesting word. Code. Yes. So today's show is called, what's it called, Carla? What's it called, Kevin? Oh, oh it's um, uh, Single Parent <laughs> Problems. Kevin, that's ah. not what it's called. Stay at home, Stay at parent, home parent penalty. Oh, I was way off. You were way <laughs> off. You were so off, Kevin. That was, <laughs> Carla and I knew the whole time. Sorry. We were really. I should have wrote that you. down. That's yeah, my fault. That's so bad. Um, but what we're ready we to go. Happen again. Happen again. What do we mean by stay at home parent penalty? Well, there is a very controversial provision to the new tax law that will come into play starting January 1st, 2019, that eliminates the tax deduction that has been applicable to alimony payments for, oh, 75 years. <laughs> and this is causing quite a lot of uproar by folks uh, who oppose it. I think folks who were for it are probably very happy. <laughs> um, but Carla, let's explain first how the law works now in terms of um, what happens if two parties are going to have a divorce and the husband is paying alimony. How does that work now under the tax law? Well, under the current federal tax laws, um, you can, uh, the husband will get a deduction for the alimony payment and the income will be, it will be um, on the wife's, well, these are all, this is all post-divorce, so it's ex-husband, ex-wife, but I'll just say husband and wife. Um, and then the alimony will go on the wife's side of the uh, tax return in terms of it'll be taxed to her, but the husband, the key is the husband gets the deduction. And that was what was very motivating to allow for us as family lawyers to sell that concept of, hey, let the government pay for your divorce is what we used to say. And so to explain how that plays out a little bit more, if the spouses are, are both working spouses with similar incomes, it's not such benefit. Not, not such benefit. But no. the benefit, benefit comes in when you've got, say, a stay-at-home mom and a dad who's got a significant income. And so when they divorce, what happens is the dad will pay over a portion of his salary in alimony, and he gets to deduct that 
from his income taxes, not not be taxed at his higher rate right. because of his higher income. So it's income to the mom, but she's got a lower tax rate because she stayed home and all that. So there's right. a little, what we call the difference there is the tax differential. So it's the delta there between what amount of taxes would the husband have to pay on that amount versus now the wife at her lower rate. Right. So it's a benefit to, if you think of the couple still as a couple after the divorce, it's a benefit to the family in terms of paying a lower amount of income tax on the same amount of income. And, and you know, and it, it does make a difference in a lot of cases because some people might be listening thinking, well, what, who cares? They're divorced now or what does it matter? But the truth of the matter is, is that there are still they're a restructured family, right? They're still a family. They're just restructured. And, you know, you still have kids that need things. You know, they still have activities. They have sports. They have, they still have their costly little selves. And oftentimes, you know, fathers are willing because many times it is a husband who makes more money or a woman who stays home, right? A mom stays home. So, you know, dads often do want to support to some extent after divorce. And when that and child support is pretty n nominal, um, and it doesn't give you the tax deduction. So, right. so, so it's, it's a it was a really great tool for us in assisting not just women, but the entire family and even the, the fathers, the husbands. Because now, I I think you know there may be some. Well, I'm not doing it because of the tax the tax problem, but you know, truthfully, I think we'll still see a little bit of it, but now the, the guys will get penalized too. So it's kind of a penalty in both ways. It really is. It's so a penalty I want to talk a little around. bit more so people will understand why, because there's been really strong opinions on both sides of this. And to the extent that folks that were in favor of eliminating the deduction have called the alimony deduction a um, marriage penalty, divorce subsidy, and that kind of thing. Um, but those who who believe in the deduction have said, you know, families that are divorcing have increased financial burdens. You're taking, you know, maybe one salary and now right. it has to support two households. Right. And so there's everything from, you know, needing two different places to live now to you know, there are increased costs associated with needing two of things, right? You need the furnishings, you need to pay utilities, you need, right. um, even if you've got kids, you know, maybe they need they need two sets of school uniforms or there's just so many associated costs. Of duplications, there's just, and that's true even if you have two incomes. Two incomes, exactly. So it was in recognition, I think, of the fact that there are those increased financial burdens. Yeah. One, of, one right? of the reasons they did it in the first place, you're thinking. Exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. exactly. But Essentially, the government now, in connection with getting this passed, said that they expect over 10 years to get an additional $8 billion in taxes, and which sounds like great, great. But when you look a little further at where the money is going to come from, you know, I, I think there are some, some aspects here that are, are quite troubling. So, you know, even there have been folks who have said this is part of the war against women mm -hmm. because the reality is that while families are changing, that 98% of alimony in this country is paid to former wives. Yeah, So that's, sure. that's the way it is right now. Um, so, and again, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but if we take kind of the, the hypothetical couple 
who they get married. A lot of times they're both working when they get married, right? Right. They have a child, and, you know, I don't know about you guys, but having a child <laughs> turns out to be like a lot of trouble. <laughs> and so managing, it's you a know, lot a household, yeah. managing a child and, and raising the child. I mean, we've got a country that, you know, there, there's been... Um, a big movement around supporting family values as, you know, staying home with your child to raise your child. I think a lot of people believe in that. Right. Um, and, but what, what has followed from that is not as highly publicized, right? What, what can happen is you've got dad now who is better able to go and and make his way up the corporate ladder because he's got he knows that the kids are taking care, care of, of sure. his dry cleaning is done right and his, food on the table food on the table sure yeah i mean if he's not married to me anyway those things <laughs> he can count on actually um and so but meanwhile you know maybe sally mom has been on every single board in the city has been a room parent every year has run oh, galas yeah. has done but unfortunately, she's not putting money in her pocket for retirement doing that. And while those things really do take a lot of skill, I think, is that the skill that's transferable then into the workplace 20 years later? And the answer is no, largely it's really no. not. Yeah. No, even not. or or so 20 years or 30 years or 40 years is an extreme example, but it's 15, 10, 15. 50, exactly. Or yeah. even just a few years with the way that currently you know technology, technology. is such a part mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of so many different careers mm -hmm. and if you're mm -hmm. out of touch or you've got a job that requires you to stay certified up to right. date you know you're you're, you're really out disadvantaging of luck. Yeah. yourself right. absolutely at that time so uh you know i was reading carly you know i was <laughs> and 50 percent of women after divorce are going to be living near the poverty line yeah and mm -hmm. so just across the board men's men's living circumstances financial increase, increase after divorce and women's, women's decrease. decrease significantly. Yeah. So this is really a, um, a terrible law in many ways, I think is what we're trying well, to say. It is. It's, it's it not is. A, and I believe it is. I believe it is for, for many different reasons. Um, but this is kind of part of our mission is we really want, especially young women, to understand that the choices that you make um, you know, there's, they're going there to have consequences. consequences there, yeah. there are, and nobody wants to think about it starting out. You know, right. nobody does, even though 50% of marriages fail, nobody wants to think about what that's going to look like. Right. And I think we have got to change that. We have got to change um, the understanding of young couples so that going into marriage, they can establish some kind of structure that is going to take care of both parties. Right. And, you know, one idea that I think we've talked about before is to have a retirement plan set up for the stay-at-home parent so that if, you know, heaven forbid, something happens down the road, that at least you've got that. You need to have credit in your name. Right. Um, and those, those types of things. But, you know, you wonder if as a result of this, it's going to be a lot more than that, that it's really going to be the onus is on the mom to make sure that she continues to have marketable skill. And, yeah. you know, and so I was going to I was going to talk a little bit about the specifics in Texas, because um, Texas, it turns out, you know, everything is bigger in Texas except alimony. <laughs> so 
in Texas, I mean, the backdrop is that there's a big wage gap so that women earn 79 cents for every dollar that men earn. Um, but in, al in, in alimony, so in Texas, we call it spousal support. Right. Right. And it's fairly limited. It is very limited. So we are in the definitely in the top 10 as far as divorce havens for men. Yeah, so for sure. So if you look at the research comparing what the different states have. And so just to kind of run down, first off, to get statutory alimony under Texas law, you've got to be married 10 years. Mm -hmm. You, uh, The woman must show that she cannot earn sufficient income to meet her minimum reasonable needs. So that means, you know, there are cases with women in their 60s who are having to show that it is not possible for them to go out and get job training to, you know, start on the ground floor to earn enough money to pay for food, clothing, and shelter. And there, you know, it, it is, could not be more harsh. And when you, when you consider also the judges in Texas, you know, the 2018 two, uh, salary, I believe, is around $150,000. Is it that high? Even? Hmm. Well, I know that was a little bit higher than I thought it might be, but but you go in and it's not a situation where they're trying to maintain your standard of living right now, there are states like that if they you oh, got right, Oregon, right 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 mexico california there are states where they recognize this is the standard of living and we want to try to maintain that to the extent we can for both parties right in texas no no in texas <laughs> never was that no <laughs> and so people say well well community property state though so it's fair we don't need to have alimony because it's fair but what it ignores is the fact that if you've got one party, you know, putting another through medical school or staying home to raise the kids so the other can climb up the corporate ladder, the spouse who's been working is taking that earning capacity with them. Right. And right. you are down here in the ditch, you know, <laughs> and, and good luck with that. And I've seen that a lot, especially in Dallas, because we do have a lot of people who, you know, live a bit above their means and so or they even if they make a lot of money like we have a lot of clients in our office that you know husband makes a lot of money half a million a year that's pretty good money they have very little to nothing in terms of their estate when they get right. divorced always shocks me always it's all but things and not, not it, it's big all things and yeah and so in those particular cases this alimony penalty is going to be what I'm calling it it's going to be a problem because you're going to have a harder time you know helping that family restructure because there's not going to be a lot of incentive for you know for payment of alimony and so if you don't have very many assets to split and you just have you know all the intellectual capital is in his brain right right uh, and this you know I actually have seen it go the other way we've had stay-at-home dads this happened in a case about two years ago in our firm where we had a stay-at-home dad, and he was just as lovely as the, as the day is long, and he was absolutely a great stay-at-home dad. And the wife was a high-powered attorney, and she made a ton of money, and they spent. And, you know, the alimony piece, in that case, we could sell it for him um, because there was some tax advantage to her. Um, but I think if that case came in the door today, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And the other, just to kind of close the gap on uh, the law in Texas, the alimony is to be ordered for the shortest time Possibly. and the smallest amount to get the the financially weaker party to the position of being able to earn for reasonable minimum needs. It maxes out at three years and the lesser of $2,500 a month or 20% average 
gross monthly income. Now, no wait, three years? Yes. Mm, I think that's old law. That's old. Okay, yeah, you're right, because it can be yeah, seven years, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, that's a little old. Uh, so, the, so it can go on for seven years, but the, the other piece I wanted to mention is um, there's contractual alimony, and really that is the, the piece that's going to be most affected by this law, right? right. Because the parties can They agree. can do whatever they want. They can contract however they, they can go above what the law can provide, right? because the law can be paltry in Texas, um, and they just do it by contract. But it's the same issue from a tax perspective. Right. There is no more deduction. Incentive. There's no not an incentive. incentive. Mm -mm. Um, okay, so we're going to take a little break here, and we will be back in two minutes. Don't split. More of Dallas Divorce Talk coming up next.